Lines and pitches. Ground ball sounded like he broke his bat. Hit the short. Up for the ball. The peg in the dirt. He is out on first base on a close play. Ball field is deep in the hole. Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. And welcome to episode 25 of the BBA Today. 25, that's a, it just continues to, to uh, astound me. We're at a quarter century of episodes for the BBA Today. Um, we are going to celebrate our 25th episode with a extremely interesting conversation with the Des Moines Colonels general manager Jeff Webb, uh, relatively new in the seat as of this year. Um, obviously, Jeff has been in the midst of the big Don Smith trade uh, discussion, and so that I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, but we'll go through all sorts of good stuff about Des Moines and the Heartland and BBA and wherever in the heck else we go. Thanks for joining me here today, Jeff. I know you are extremely busy. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I, it, I have been super. This is this week has been crazy busy, but normally I, uh, I uh, this the uh, BBA is a awesome distraction for me in everything I do. So um, I'm hoping to get back to writing again and getting that the uh, um, uh, inspiration to to describe the team and where I think it's going. So, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate hearing that, too, because I, I absolutely adore the uh, way you've jumped into the, uh, was it the he who walks behind the rose or something <laughs> like that, the, the colonels. Um, tell me, maybe start with a little bit about that. Tell me, how did you decide <laughs> to use that as your as your fundamental perspective of, of how you were going to communicate about the yeah. colonels? I don't know much about Iowa other than uh, um, uh, Field of Dreams and Corn. And uh, whenever corn comes up in big, tall cornfields, for whatever reason, that little memory in the back of my brain of seeing children of the corn when I was a young kid immediately jumps to the forefront. And so I just rode that wave. <laughs> well, I love it because I personally have a, uh, as a kid, my grandfather had a 160-acre farm in northern Indiana. And, and um, routinely in, in August, we would always go out there and we'd go fishing and catch bluegill and we'd take them home and clean them and go out in the corn fields and pull out, you know, ears of sweet corn and have, you know, oh, wow. awesome. same day about the absolute, uh, uh, you know, food of the gods, the ambrosia of the world is uh, fresh sweet corn from an Indiana farm and bluegill from an Indiana lake all at the same time. It just can't get any better than that. So every time oh, I look yeah. at your... Uh, every time I look at your uh, header there, I think of my grandfather. So <laughs> thank you about that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so uh, Don Smith, let's just jump right into it. Talk to me a little bit about the, the decision to actually even trade Don Smith, what was going through your mind, and then uh, maybe give me a flavor of the whirlwind approach uh, to how you made the wrong choice and didn't trade him to Yellow <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, it was actually kind of agonizing because whenever you have an ace, you know, in your organization like that, you wonder, you know, like, can this guy be the linchpin for me to uh, actually use to finally ride, you know, you know, like to the finals and into the playoffs and such. But the flip side is, is that, you know, I'm at such a point here with Des Moines, we're at such a rebuild and there's some big glaring holes there that just aren't going to get filled by a free agency or or the draft, especially considering I, I picked up the team, um, uh, unfortunately, just as the draft was going on. So the team was being auto-drafted. So there was a lot of picks there that I probably wouldn't have made um, to help fill that void. Um, 
but I was, you know, as people started sniffing around about Don Smith, I was like, ah, I'm not going to trade him. There's no way I'm going to use this guy down the road. But as I understood the team a bit better and realized that, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have nearly enough power to uh, uh, compete in the heartland, um, that I needed to find a way to, to get that power again. And then I realized very quickly that uh, I had a pretty big contract there with Dave Castillo, and uh, um, he really wasn't performing up to that contract's level anymore. And I thought maybe I had a bit of a, a Albert Pujols type contract under my neck. Um, so uh, I thought I could try and bundle the two and, and, and see what I could get for them. And, and you know, it, it's, uh, it ended up working out. I, I kind of thought, rethought that strategy halfway through, thinking maybe I shouldn't be trying to bundle him in there and just trade off De Castillo on his own. But uh, um, it, it kind of helped set the stage for getting the pieces that I needed, which was more power. Still got a good second baseman out of it, and he's younger, and he, and he made um, – uh, the Colonels, a younger team in general, and then I was able to get a couple other uh, uh, power hitters at first base with Mateo and at another power hitter in the outfield with Yokoyama. And then uh, at the last second, I was able to to sneak in DeYoung uh, for a relatively easy piece, which was um, like, uh, sending off, I forgot my closer's name that I sent off, but my AAA closer, who was, who was never going to see the light of day of the majors because I, I already had a, that, that piece of the, the, uh, the puzzle fit there in there. So, yeah. That's kind of where, uh, where where my head was at. Um, I think maybe if I waited a bit longer, I maybe could have stoked the fires a bit. But I'm also, uh, you know, you see not you see an opportunity, you take it. And Phoenix jumped in there with a with a good one, so there you go. I had to go with that one. Yep. Yeah, I think that's actually an interesting comment and a kind of mindset around trades. Um, you know, different GMs in the league have different kind of flavors and philosophies about how and when to pull the trigger. Um, to me, that's one of the um, uh, interesting uh, personality questions, right? Uh, are you willing to close on something right now because you know you got something that you like versus do you want to just hold on for that last extra three days and see if you get something a little bit better? Um, at the end of the day, the, the collection of ball players that you got out of this uh, trade is actually a pretty uh, pretty stout collection, though. So uh, maybe you could have got better. Well, of course you could have got better because they could have all come from a Yellow Springs organization, and by definition, <laughs> it would have been better. Um, but yeah, in particular, I think I put on the on the uh, forum that uh, Chua Kang Yang. How do you pronounce his first name? Chua Ka Yang. Uh, if he grows into what he could become, uh, you got a, a pretty big package of players right there. So, uh, and even if he only kind of borderlines, you're you're kind of on the even side probably, unless yeah. Smith just becomes like Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have made that trade if I didn't have uh, Timmy Karn sitting there, right? I mean, that was kind of. The thought there, too, is, well, here I have another ace that I could probably work off of. I did have dreams of having, you know, that one-two punch that would carry me through. But then when you look at, you know, the Heartland division and how much, how many runs it's scoring and, and how even in the Frick League I'm, I'm, I'm near the bottom of that, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious where what Des Moines is lacking. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in other leagues, in other uh, OOP leagues that I've been in, I've tried almost to do this strictly via free agency and it rarely works out for you. You always end up overpaying or, you know, you lose a supplemental pick or something like that. And so um, I truly do believe that trading is, is, is the way you really kind of round out your organization and dig yourself out of a hole. So. 
There you go. Well, then uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, what your assessment is at this stage of uh, Des Moines, the resources you've got at hand, um, kind of what you're thinking about is the future. Des Moines has, in my opinion, Des Moines has always had a lot of interesting chips to play with. Um, it feels like you have a few interesting chips. I'm wondering how you assess them um, and what you expect to be focusing on as you go through the end of this season and into next off season. Uh, well, my, I think I, I'm, I'm starting to build up a good core of young talent um, uh, that if I find the right pieces that I can fill in with other trades or other uh, uh, free agent signings that I, I can actually start being a pretty competitive club. Um, obviously, you know, I was just addressed the, uh, the offensive side by, by signing three or trading for three power bats. The other place where I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling is at the bullpen. That's where I'm, I'm right at the bottom of the Frick league. Uh, and I was actually just looking at the latest SIM and I've given up a lot of, uh, crooked numbers in late innings again. And so that's a place I'm going to have to start um, finding more talent. Although I don't know if everybody thinks this, but I find the easiest place to find talent either via the waiver wire or for free agency is in your bullpen. There always seems to be those guys out there that you can pick up. So if there was one place where I could, you know, focus my efforts on, that's where, what I'm going to be doing in the off season. This, this season is uh, signing any of those free agents that pop up and then, Every time a, a new sim comes out, I'm scouring that waiver wire, looking for that diamond and rough relief pitcher that I could probably go with. There you go. Um, I, I recently, actually, yesterday, the day before, all of my days kind of rolled together now in this day of quarantine. I think it was yesterday. Exactly. Um, wrote a uh, feature on starting pitchers, um, right, where I actually went through and I broke down all the starting pitchers in the league by ratings and kind of grouped them into different levels and so forth. And I had actually assessed um, a weighting based on stuff, movement, and control. I saw uh, that. It was amazing, by the way. Oh, thank Sorry. you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. The, interesting, the reason I wanted to bring that up here is uh, you were talking about bullpen guys and, and needing to roll into um, a process to fix your bullpen. Um, Chicago's general manager, Vic Kaleka, well, deposed general manager, uh, now out on special assignment in God knows where he's at looking for wherever their international complex is. Um, asked a interesting question as to um, how would I uh, shift my weightings right between stuff control movement and anything else I suppose um, for bullpen uh, pitchers rather than for starting pitchers and since you bring it up uh, let me ask you um, you know what do you look for uh, what's your primary criteria in in finding a good bullpen guy for the Des Moines Colonels well, not, not being as uh, seasoned with uh, uh, oop leagues, I'm, I think I'm probably in my second or third year. Um, I, I'm still a little bit uh, naive as to what of those three traits really makes a good relief pitcher. I mean, I'm always looking at movement and stuff um, right out the gate. Uh, I tend to go back and look at uh, um, you know ERA and 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 FIP to see how they've done in the past and to see if there was, you know, seasons there where um, something just wasn't adding up and they could potentially have another good season for me if I, if I just signed that player. Um, but yeah, I think, I think really movement is where I start with just like how you were looking at it in, in that uh, when the way you were waiting, right. You were, I think it was, uh, the, it was a higher weight for, uh, for movement right out the gate and a little less for, for uh, um, 
stuff. And then for control, I think it was the one that you actually had a less than one waiting, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 that's kind of the way I view it as well. Uh, um, I, I even, even think of like good pitchers and how you, you can think about good pitchers two ways. A guy who can locate his fastball wherever he wants. And that's, that's a, you know, a, a really good trait to have. Or you can have that guy that doesn't necessarily locate as well, but always keeps the hitters on their toes. And I think I prefer that side, which would be, you know, fits in with the movement and the, uh, the stuff side of the equation. So that's definitely what I'm going to be looking for these days. But, um, beggars can't be choosers. (laughs) (laughs) Beggars can't be choosers. And the fact of the matter is, 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 um, you know, at the end of the day, one of the things that I love the most about this game, and you can see it within the population of people who play it here, because there's so many different perspectives on what is right and wrong. Uh, whatever way you weight things is not wrong for you, right? Whatever way I weight right. things is not wrong. You know, at the same time, I remember, um, actually, I picked up, um, in the early days when I came into the league, I actually had to take about a two-month stint where I just couldn't uh, participate. And I asked Recti, you know, do you want me to essentially quit and come back? Or, you know, what do you want to do? And he says, no, I'll control your team for a month or two while you're gone and then come back, right? Because yep. uh, cause Matt is fantastic this way, right? Um, and so I did my two months busy doing my deadline stuff, and I came back, and I found he had uh, uh, collected me up a relief pitcher named Colin Julian, who was essentially like a two-stuff, <laughs> right, uh, 8-11 uh, movement control, so uh, completely uh, counter to what you would expect, but the guy was just lights out, right? So I think at the end of the day, if you um, if you find somebody who is elite, in two spots, you can essentially have a complete hole in one spot and still manage to have an effective, uh, effective player. But um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said before, you'd really rather just have like eleven, 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 and not. <laughs> oh yeah, wouldn't we all, right? But actually, I kind of like that perspective. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, I I, it, I think about that just the way with I think about work too. Like uh, you. Maybe you've heard this, but we know when you're dealing with work stuff, you can, there's three things you got to deal with cost, quality, and time. And the rule is you can only ever have two of those things, right? right. (laughs) You can never have all three at once. So, uh, maybe it's the same with pitchers, right? You know, if you, if you got good stuff and movement, you're not going to get your good control unless you've got that one amazing pitcher out there. But at the end of the day, it's also how you line them up and which, what roles you put them into, right? In the, in the bullpen, which I think also adds another dynamic to it, which is, uh, you know, it, you might have this guy that's got great stuff and movement, but he just doesn't fit into that middle relief role, and he's better as a setup, or he's just better at specializing, you know, with left-handers or right-handers. So, yeah. yeah there you go. So, talk to me a little bit about uh, uh, some of the players you might have coming up. You you already mentioned some of your um, uh, young guy or two who's already kind of up. I know you've got Greg Palmer on the disabled list. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. a couple of guys, I think, in your. Um, in your AAA and AA areas that are that are fairly interesting, how do you expect them to impact next year? Are, are you going to be getting much out of your minor leagues in the in 2043? Are these more 44, 45 kind of time periods? Yeah, I think it's definitely 44, 45. Uh, in in moving uh, Castillo along, I've, I've, but the plan is is I built this core of younger players that I think that, you know, are all major league ready. And now I just need to figure out, you know, how I can round it out with some not necessarily really old veterans, but, you know, guys in, in their late twenties, early thirties 
that will 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 fit in there and, and help me along. Like for example, catcher, that's another hole I've got. I've got two guys at catcher, Michael Dunn and uh, uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, I'm gonna find him here on my list. Oh yeah, Marcus Forian, who who really you know aren't going to do it for me. And so that's probably another area where I'm going to start looking, but I don't have, you know, a, a lights out catcher, you know, at triple a AAA or double a, but that being said, there are a couple of guys there like Patrick Faber that I might be able to uh, bring up and experiment with to see if they'll have a better chance of uh, breaking through and being that key piece in the next couple of years. But for now, um, my plan would be is, you know, to re- rely on the guys that got in this organization and then take away at the waiver wire and free agency over the next uh, uh, few months and see if I can't slowly build this core up into something that'll make the playoffs. So, <laughs> Well, as far as I'm concerned, just to let you know, you can take your time on that and feel free to, you know, maybe open a window for like 20, 40, 90, <laughs> or 50. Um, That's right. Uh, that would be completely fine. And when you get to the point where you've realized that Timmy Carnes is probably too early for your window, you know, you could come back to Yellow Springs. And I, I'm hearing that Timmy Carnes is interested in pitching for Yellow Springs, too, by, by now. That's right. It's interesting well, you know, how many I, players I hear are interested in p- playing for Yellow Springs. <laughs> well, that's the thing with starting, starting pitchers, right, is that, like, again, you know, like maybe just step back to Don Smith trade. You know, you, it's it, it's one thing to look at this guy and go, oh, he's going to be amazing for me for the next five years. But then it's another thing to remember that they're fragile and sometimes you need to uh, 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 move them along when, when uh, things aren't going your way. So you actually get some return for them before the dreaded Tommy John sh- shows up. So. Well, there you go. Well, Des Moines Colonels right now are at 43 and 73, clearly not the year that um, – that Des Moines fans were excited about having, having or interested in having. Um, what do you what do you think your actual window is right now? What's the plan for when you expect to actually compete for a division championship? You talked about 2044 and 45 for when things would start to really turn. Is that your window to compete for the championship, or are you looking for a year or two out after that? Is this a what? Are, what is your thought? Yeah, I'm a I'm an under promise over deliver kind of guy. So I'm going to go with 2044, 2045 to be competitive. And then if I, it, you know, it's so hard to win these things. If I start seeing, uh, um, you know, uh, glimmers of real hope there, then that's when we'll start really making moves to try and, you know, win that one championship and and, and be the hero in in the city of Des Moines for for at least a season. So. Uh, when you're Des Moines, I don't think we can build up a dynasty that will last forever. But I certainly want to, you know, build up a good organization that's that's well. That's well the club is parentally com- competitive. Yeah, the club and the community is starving for success since it has not been to the playoffs in over three decades. So I think if you just exactly. can make it into the playoffs here, um, you know, within the uh, within the headline di- uh, headlight distance that we're talking about, uh, you probably will never have to pay for a meal in Des Moines again. That's right. All the popcorn I can eat. Exactly. All the popcorn you can eat. That was going to say the the good news is you'll never have to pay for a meal in Des Moines. The bad news is it's going to be a lot of corn. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But then I like corn, too. So what the heck? (laughs) Exactly. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time here this afternoon uh, helping us get a flavor for where Des Moines is going. Do you have any kind of last things you'd like to um, mention before we before we head out of here? Yeah, no, I just maybe tell Omaha to take it easy on me in the next game. Uh, they scored 22 runs on me the last game. 
that's probably where I'll leave it. You know, hopefully their bats are, are all tired out after rounding the bases so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they have an offense that can actually put up a put up a few runs if you let them. So that's uh, that's right. It can be a dangerous crew. And, you know, with Justin Excellent. Niles behind the behind the wheel, it's going to be dangerous no matter what. So uh, and you right. can just leave that and take it however you want, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, you have a great uh, evening here, Jeff, and we will definitely have to step back in and touch base every now and again and see how the uh, Des Moines Colonel rebuild is going. I know that uh, a lot of folks are really uh, interested in seeing how you go, and I think you got quite a um, interesting and well-rounded young uh, young team coming up. So it's going to be really fun to watch you make uh, hay out of this club. That's right. Or popcorn. Awesome. Thanks <laughs> for having popcorn. me, Ron. <laughs> All righty. Have a great night. You've been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is bold statement available at FesleyInStudios.com and used with attribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow.